We don't, we don't want that to be part of our industry. We don't want any bots by robots. Hi, welcome to the Ankler Podcast. This is Sean McNulty from the Wake Up Newsletter here at the Ankler, here on the morning of Friday, May 5th. Uh, joining me, of course, are Elaine Lowe and Richard Rushfield in Los Angeles, of course, as always. Uh, just a note, if you're listening to the podcast uh, from the link on theankler.com, uh, our kind po- uh, podcast producer informed me there's actually a, subscri- a subscribe button on that page, uh, which will deliver the podcast right to your mobile device automatically. Makes it a lot easier. So if you listen on theankler.com, be sure to hit subscribe there. And if you're listening to the podcast, but do not subscribe to The Angler, we encourage you to do so at theangler.com, where you can get the full suite of newsletters and podcasts that we do here, including uh, Mind the Wake Up and Richard's Columns and Elaine's stuff and all the fun things we do here uh, at The Angler. Um, and a note, a new newsletter, which we've launched, we've talked about a little bit, uh, called Strikegeist uh, at The Angler. It's a separate uh, newsletter from The Angler. It's completely free, so you need to, need to sign up for it separately. You can go to uh, Strikegeist. That's a uh, strike. And Geist, G E I S T dot com. Right, Richard? E before I? Yes, right? indeed. All right. Uh, e before I. Um, this is a, a German, a, a, <laughs> a half German word. So uh, your, your your English language grammar rules won't apply. Won't apply. That's uh, strikegeist.com. Uh, again, free newsletter and your email there, uh, email address, and you will get that with all of the latest strike coverage uh, every day. Um, this morning, first uh, and foremost here, uh, Elaine, I missed you on the Warner Brothers Discovery call, earnings call. W- where were you at 5 a.m. in L.A.? What's going well, on? Well, you know I love to get up and cover earnings at 5 a.m. Pacific time, especially after covering a strike all week. <laughs> that was your reputation. <laughs> Elaine never misses an earnings. I don't know. When you walked in the door here, that's what I'm I was told about soft. you. So I'm I don't know. Um, so I'll, I'll ask you both. So what are, what have you, have you seen anything or what's, I've certainly was on the call and wrote the coverage this morning, uh, in the wake up newsletter, but, uh, any headlines standing out for you guys? I'm always curious kind of what, what the, the reaction is out there. Uh, otherwise, I think we know our headline that everyone's going to seize on today, which is that Zaz says streaming the Warner brothers discovery streaming business in the U S will be profitable in fiscal 2023, a whole year earlier than expected, which is great for the business and also likely to prove great fodder for the writers who will be on picket lines today, (laughs) wondering why they can't get paid more. Yeah. That's a headline that may uh, be interesting timing, right? Right. Richard, that's uh, not a great thing to have out there on a, on a picket day. Yeah. I mean, the whole finance of this, Okay, you're you're barely profitable, so give it to us. <laughs> right. uh, it's you know it, it, I, 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 I yes, I'm sure people will will seize on that, but uh, it's not what what is needed is a uh, a, a reworking and reunderstanding of what the what 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 the business is and uh, that that accounts for a livable life for for the people who who create it and isn't dependent on you know, how the quarterly profits go. Exactly. And it goes up and down, Richard. So live and die by it in a certain segment. Exactly. Or, or, or so talk to mean, Paramount, who just lost $511 million. Yeah, they so, so, so should writers give money back to them? It's, it's, <laughs> right, do they get a break? Uh, I mean, there, there's not a lot of uh, immensely profitable companies if you look at it from a, uh, a pure P&L. There's one. Uh, That's it. Uh, uh, perspective right now. So, so um, I... Yes, it's 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 eye catching, but it's uh, it's not the real, it's it's not the real story here. Yeah, and just uh, I guess for the record, but uh, so this the streaming did uh, make a profit of fifty million dollars um, in the the first quarter. Again, it's a line item on the budget. It's not Warner Brothers Discovery as a whole lost a billion dollars. So remember, that's the big number at the big company at, at the home office, Elaine. Uh, you know, okay, so, so up fifty mil in one area and down almost down a billion, billion, billion in the other. Uh, yeah, you know, you little know, column A, column B. Exactly. Neither <laughs> here nor there. Uh, the main thing, Elaine. You know, these numbers are going in the right direction. I guess is you know, and, and David Zazov has said since this first earnings call, this is going to be you know. A two-year process, essentially, and we are at the one-year mark um, since uh, since the deal officially went through. Um, so, you know, you know, all, yeah, all, but- all this said, uh, writers strike aside, um, the number uh, the number of pieces I, I I read just you know six months ago about how David Zasloff was sinking um, sinking Warner Discovery and 
the idea that you could have this company that didn't have Westworld on your streaming service, uh, the archives was and 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 Batgirl and that 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 he was uh, destroying all all the value of this company and taking a wrecking ball to it. I I I think some I think we uh, owed, owed a reconsideration of that. I think so. I mean, for those who were taking that stance, you know, a hundred percent and not. Yeah, and look, 2022 sucked. Like, there's no like, there's not like it was. This was without pain or without layoffs, or you know, this wasn't like he pulled a magic wand out and made it happen. It's just that he wasn't just doing it to do it, which I think is kind of maybe the sentiment or the you know, it isn't nobody's doing or what uh, you're ruining everything. And it's like, well, you know, seemingly this is playing out. So the losses, Elaine. You know, streaming was losing the, the previous strategy under the previous regime was losing about 500 to 600 million dollars a quarter, generally speaking, because they were spending so much on Max Originals, all on the Batgirls, on, you know, all these original shows for, for streaming that weren't and HBO is doing shows. what he said he would do, which is to cut costs and he's doing it. It's just been a, a painful process, yes. I think, for a lot of folks around the industry. But he is yeah. saying what he said he would do. I do think It'll be interesting to see this spring and summer how the rebranded Max is received because that yes. new rollout is coming out in a few weeks. So the boring headline here is just it's too early to tell on a lot of parts. <laughs> exactly. It's, 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 it's literally midway, you know, in his two year plan, so to speak, to turn things around. So you're you know, exactly right, Elaine. And yeah, Max does uh, launch on the 23rd. And he, the one thing they alluded to, or they said this morning, so there's a, you know, so the max subscriber number, they added 1.6 million subscribers globally. They don't offer a lot of insight into that. That is, that counts HBO Max subscribers and Discovery Plus subscribers. They don't break down how many of either, uh, you know, they break down domestic international. So there's not a lot, but there's not a lot of color here where that came from. But they did say that there's 4 million people who subscribe to both HBO Max and Discovery Plus who presumably hmm. wants all this discovery content. I want to know who those people are. <laughs> like... I thought it was Richard. That's, that was my, he, he subscribes to everything. So that was my first guess. Richard, are, are you a dual? You, are you a discovery uh, plus? Do you need your like succession and your like HGTV shows. What's... Yeah. I just have the Guy Fieri station in my house. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all only, guy all the time. <laughs> only service. I, I think discovery provides that for me. There you go. Um, but essentially, you know, when they put discovery content on HBO Max, they figure that people who have discovery are paying for both, but only still pay for one, which means the total subscriber count will probably go down or, uh, you know, essentially take a hit in Q3 over uh, Q2 and Q3 coming up. So that's for the, for the average subscriber, um, this, this should be a non-event because they've made it, it your, your, the little, the little logo on your, your box will will change but your price won't change or nope. you don't need to re-sign up again so you just you, you might be slightly confused about why suddenly or you you have max but right uh apart from once you work through that confusion it, it should be pretty uh a, a non-event for most right yeah, you're exactly right. The only uh, I see confusion point might be is just, you know, it doesn't have HBO in the name anymore. If you don't if you know nothing about this, which is the vast majority of America and HBO is a huge driver of HBO Max viewership, you may be like, wait, where do I find my HBO? You know, that may be where's my HBO app? And like, that's a danger. And they're not this is my own two cents on it. But I want the, the rebranding commercials are going out. They're not mentioning, you know, HBO Max is now Max. They're pre presenting Max as a new service. Mm coming may 23rd which baffles me a little bit personally i'm sure they have their own strategy on it but to me that your, your what you said richard is exactly right that no one's going to notice anything except that and if you're an hbo fan and you know nothing about the business no nothing about anything and you look on your tv and you look as i don't know what max is and that, you know that, that means as, as like not dumb but as like they just took the hbo off it still says max losing that hbo will be like that's the home for hbo that's the place where i go watch hbo and that's not there anymore you know, you maybe gotten a newsletter that you didn't read or, you know, what, how are you communicating this to people? We'll see what happens, Richard. You're exactly right. But that's the one. There may be a little bit of <laughs> communication tweak after the 23rd that may need to happen. But, um, you know, so the, the the thought is uh, HBO has all the subscribers it, it will ever have. And that that's that succession fans are, are locked in and and uh, it's not going to go beyond that. So so now now they're looking for. Uh, broader frontiers to play in. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the name change, I think, actually is a smart direction. But the communication, Richard, I think, is going to be really key and it'll maybe get, make it a little dicey between. I think long term, I think, you're, you know, that's exactly right. And they want to appeal more to families and things like that. And up then they did mention Elaine Animation is another, you know, kind of, again, we're on it. They hired the the former head of DreamWorks Animation back in the February to come over. So he's your guy. But as we all know, animation takes a little while uh, to make and finish. So <laughs> It'll be a minute on that. Uh, more to come on news and sports, Elaine. Not really, you know, which they said uh, more announcements this summer, but they need to up engagement. It's the number one engagement meeting. How many times a week you go to the HBO Max app? Right now, it really sounds like, or sorry, the, the Max app. I'll get that, that down eventually. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, it's you go on Sunday. Sunday is HBO. And then you go back the next Sunday, you watch Succession. And then you don't and revisit the app for the next six do days not go for some <laughs> HBO fans. Exactly. <laughs> Which is where they're going to target everybody else this summer. Yeah. Yeah. So sports, you know, again, the NBA is on twice a week during the week, during the week. NHL is on a lot during the week. Uh, CNN is your other lever. I'd be, I wouldn't say I'd be surprised because it's, it's not an easy thing, but putting a live stream of CNN in there, because that's just a daily people just go and put that out in the background all day. Written I mean, if any streamer that could really benefit from having a live service, it's WBD out of anybody. It's like there's, yeah. you know, there's Hulu live, there's, uh, you know, Netflix is toying with live. But really, when you look at the company that has both CNN and Turner Sports under its umbrella, it makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah. There's rights issues and that's, you know, the business wise, you have to work it out, but. I think at this point, the way the bundles is melting away, you know, and to also along those lines, advertising revenue was down 14% uh, in the first quarter, which is a big, that's not nothing um, at a company where advertising represents about 20% of your total revenue. Um, so not optimistic about everybody's keeping this, Richard, this hope that the second half of the year, and even a hope, a statement that the second half of the year will be better uh, for the business and advertising, especially meaning the economy at large, but you know, I don't know. It, it seems a little more of an optimist thing than a we're guaranteeing this kind of thing. But, you know, I mean, for the for theatrical, uh, they, they should have a pretty great summer. So yes, they yes. Should, should should be feeling, feeling were, that, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully the strike, if the strike is in the rear, rear view mirror by by then. And uh, and if if the ad market has picked up a little bit, then. Uh, but those are those are those are big ifs. So. Those are big ifs. Yeah, yeah. No, and the first quarter was not great at the studios with uh, Shazam and you know House Party and, and Magic Mike being their three films was not uh, when your comp is bet the Batman from last year the the numbers were down there. But that's cyclical, as you say, Richard. And the Flash is in June, and then you know they talked a lot about Dune. You got Wonka. You know so they have some some big titles coming up the rest of the year. So. More to come there. Uh, you can get the full breakdown, as I said, uh, in the wake up newsletter over at theankler.com uh, to see what's afoot and what's ahead at Warner Bros. Discovery. Um, but Elaine, you had quite well, both of you had quite a week on the uh, the front lines of the picket lines, uh, the strike in L.A. Um, Richard, you go first. Tell me how many right. picket lines have you hit up this week? Let's let's compare. Right. Yeah, what's the tally? What's the tally? I want some tally here. All right. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> I, think I've, I, I think I've done to gun to six but one of those is a repeat so does that count oh. no no okay <laughs> um, elaine how about five, you five then wait where have you been richard uh been to to Par to paramount twice cbs netflix uh sony maybe just five maybe just four Okay. okay. Let's see. I did Warner mind. Brothers and Netflix on the first day. Visited Sony on day two, and then yesterday was at Universal Studios. So it's only four for me, but I'm planning on hitting up another one or two today. Well, most important question: What's the best sign you guys saw? I mean, come on, this is where we're at today, this week, right? Do you guys have any anything stand out for you guys, or make any notes about this? Well, uh, but one one thing that was interesting is that. Uh, the 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 signs the the sort of generic strike sign has this little area for people to uh, individualize it yep. and put things in. But the the signs are recycled. So now on the on the later days, people are having to carry signs with 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 little quips written by other people. Which, uh, oh, they just passed more. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's a rewrite, was, Richard. It's a wait, rewrite. Is it not? <laughs> Is it not like a whiteboard situation? They can't just wipe it off and start. No, it? no money for that. So... Whiteboard. Where are you getting that kind of money from? What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Michael some... has good sales. That's some Netflix money you're talking about right there. <laughs> so there was some disgruntlement. A uh, few people I talked to, they were 
uh, forced to carry sort of sort of Subpar. second second rate uh, uh, jokes on their signs. So bunch of hacks like out there. The very, I do like the very writer focused signs. Here's one: Look how pale I am. Get me back inside. Wow. <laughs> nice. I'm a writer. I'm not supposed to be outside. Uh, so there's a fair share of like writer focused ones, uh, but also some some very pointed. Uh, mm. Mm studio studio specific ones which i think varies depending on uh what studio you're at but i think the most studio specific ones i saw were when i was at netflix they get a lot of uh, very targeted ones there yeah and richard you mentioned this in in your uh midweek column after the wga big event uh on wednesday night at the shrine auditorium uh, you know I, i'm curious to actually ask you more about this uh, you know netflix seemed to be getting a little more of the the ire either at that day or is that something you were kind of picking up on or ever both of you yeah, really, well richard, you're both about it it was made explicit uh, in the Q and A section uh, of the of the night. Um, I'm told, by the way, most most of the questions were in fact speeches by uh, by members, but uh, gotcha. uh, unsurprisingly. But uh, someone was asked, "What, which of the studios is the toughest to to us, and which is the hardest to negotiate?" And I'm told that Ellen starts when the negotiator immediately replied, "Netflix," which. Uh, Right. Is something everyone had 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 heard, and uh, many of us had heard in the the scuttlebutt. But uh, it was interesting to see it uh, so uh, adamantly confirmed like that. Yeah. So, land for you know, so we're out a very busy week. So, looking back now, here it's on Friday. You know, what's what's standing out in your mind right now? Uh, kind of you know, you know, sinking a bit here. Uh, I guess we're on day. What was it, day four, day four spirits day four. are still high as far as i can tell uh everybody's real energized we'll obviously see how this changes in the weeks to come when everybody is uh, marching on the lines in week three or four or five of this uh but talking to the writers they were really fired up after that event at the shrine wednesday night uh, i i mean you know the folks folks were were were, were they said it was unprecedented, the cross-union solidarity and talking to folks who were at the last strike in 0708 and who have been here now. Um, I think the sense was that writers felt a little more alone in their fight the last time around. And Richard, you'll have to tell me if that feels right to you, um, but but that they feel like they've really been backed up now. And I was asking some folks, what's the difference? And uh, one showrunner said, well, you know, the differences were, uh, you know, I, I think basically they're just feeling the pressures of everything and seeing these companies earn billions of dollars and sort of be more beholden, it feels like, to shareholders and to Wall Street. It seems to be the greater vibe this time around. I don't know, Richard, what do you, what, what's your sense of why things are different now than they were 15 years ago? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the last strike... There, there were people sympathetic to the writers, or people who weren't sympathetic to the writers, but uh, it was very much seen as the right. This, this was a writers, a writers' uh, strike for a writers' problem, and it wasn't, wasn't necessarily seen as this is one front in a larger situation here, or, or something that the, the other people weren't identifying uh, the issues that the writers were out over as as their own quite as much and uh directors came around on 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 their own arrangements on that but it 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 wasn't this general like uh we 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 have to deal with with with, with these issues there that this this time it's much more in the context of things are out of control this business isn't working it's really not working for the the people who work here which is everyone from um, you know the 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 team the teamsters and the people on the set to the executives uh, all across the board feel like uh, the current arrangement isn't isn't working. Um, the companies are kind of have been in a, a tailspin for years. You're trying to trying to get straight with this, and that the that the writers' uh, action is the first real stand to just sort of put some pull the emergency brake here and say. Um, we have to rethink this. Um, you know how much rethinking can get done in this context, and how much one union can can do that. We'll see, but but uh, got to start somewhere. What I'm really interested in seeing is how much this connects to the broader national sentiment on organizing these days, and the national broader sentiment on what were once stable professions 
seeming like geek professions, freelance possession professions now more the quote unquote gig economy, which is a, a big talking point for the writers right now that I think a lot of other folks in other industries can identify with. So there's this disconnect between, oh, these are rich Hollywood writers. What do they need more money for? And you know, somebody who used to be a taxi driver, who's an Uber driver now saying, yeah, I'm getting squeezed by the gig economy. I totally get where they're coming from. Well, maybe, maybe not. Uh, the, I mean, I, I, I think, I think Hollywood writers, however good their complaint is, are fairly low down on the list of sympathetic uh, uh, aggrieved parties that people are going to stand behind, however good their complaint is. But um I, I don't think it really ma I, matters what what the broader public sentiment is. I think what 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 the the what what ma I, I I don't think you're going to see a wholesale camp people canceling services in support of a strike. But what you could see is uh, a works is is other unions uh, walking out also and other ho other Hollywood trade unions um, support supporting this or. Uh, slowing down their own negotiations, or uh, you know, or, or doing everything they can to to aid the strike, and that that's what would make a difference. Like what what affects the production here is the one I, th I think is the only constituency that that matters uh, on this. I think that notion of the banding together this time versus you know the writers being seen as separate. You know, a couple of things happened in the past couple of years that. You know, uh, we're related to this. Where in the past, maybe that wasn't the case. Where IATSE all, pretty much almost went on strike. Remember that was uh, less than yeah, two just years a year ago. And a half ago. Uh, you know, which was huge. That would have really shut down. You know, literally shut down Hollywood on day one. Not you know. So that's recent. And I mean, that was a contentious back and forth. That was a down to the wire. You know, that wasn't a walk in the park. So their their memories are fresh on this. There are probably still a lot of. Uh, sore feelings about what went on there and you know the writers and packaging wasn't that long ago about it wasn't against the, the studios but it was about taking a stand you know for our rights and what's making it was about payment it was about money you know which is essentially what this is as well so there there's are these, momentum there's fresh labor in this it wasn't just like it came out of nowhere it's like we're you know and in that sense of yeah we're all in this together here guys we don't just work in these silos and you know if the only way we're all going to win here is if talents, whether it be a, a carpenter or a writer or an actor, bands together because it's essentially there's two sides of the coin here in a sense. Uh, is that, all is all that all there? that said, um, you know the writers have have chosen to focus on on very particular issues. Um, sure, sure. Like the minimum staffing thing in particular has, is not relevant to anyone else out there. Right. And IATSE was turnaround days, and it, which is nothing to do with the writer. So, I mean, you know, but it's just the sense that you're trying to screw us or trying to get more out of us for the same money and we're not going to stand for it. Anymore. You know, that's the, the underlying theme. Yeah, the themes themselves, Richard, are going to be, and the directors, as we've talked about, have a whole different <laughs> set of priorities, which they have to be responsible to their, you know, their, their members for. And 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 just, as, and just as the studios can't collude, the unions can't. <laughs> right. Well, the, the, the so I I wrote something yesterday about uh, about the the, uh, the the directors when they stood up there didn't pledge like we're not going to have negotiations and was corrected by a couple of people who said legally they can't suspend their negotiations in support of another uh, union. So, but Richard, uh, it is notable, right, that the DGA, by all accounts, from when I was talking to the writers on the picket lines, had more of a barn burner of a speech than expected, given their mm. previous history of not being as uh, proactive about about certain kinds of labor action. I mean, the, the DGA has traditionally kept a real arm's length from the writers guild so that they were the fact that they were standing together on stage was uh was definitely a change and uh but the question is a change amounting to what it's uh they've 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 told their they've told their they've they've made statements of support of the writers guild they've 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 clarified to their membership that you can't walk out and if you walk out in support of another union you are not protected uh the, the studio does not have to hold your job for you until you do that i'm like uh, the writers guild who are in the middle of the labor action um they're you know it if the dga the dga starts their negotiations in a week if in two weeks they have an agreement um 
their statement of support is going to look a little uh, a little hollow there. Yeah, and as you pointed out, you know they've been on strike once for twelve minutes. Was that right, Richard? And DJ yeah. has never gone on strike, right? Last time the DJ went on strike, nineteen eighty-seven, and the strike lasted for twelve minutes. They walked out. So uh, that, you know so that's 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 their labor history, and and you know they. The DJ is uh, dealing with a, a, a very different set of issues than 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 the writers are, and so there's now they their talks broke down their their own talks broke down back at the beginning of the year because uh, the studio wasn't wasn't making what uh, what they felt was serious uh, concessions to to them right now. Studios have a lot on the line to. Um, to make a deal with the DGA and some, you know, I, I, I offered in my column, the Machiavellian take that uh, if you're, if you're a writer's guild, a director's guild negotiator, uh, the, what you would want most is uh, to, uh, for the writer's guild to stay out on strike for as long as the, the longer and the harder the writer's guild are on strike, the better the leverage for the director's guild is right now. So uh, it's not, it's not, not in their self-interest to support this, uh, right. shall we say. But uh, you know, we'll see what they come up with, and we'll see, we'll see what happens if if the studios go into the Directors Guild and make major concessions and basically give them most of what they're asking for uh, legally and every other way. It's very hard for them to reject yeah, that. Exactly, they have a responsibility to their members, not to all members of all guilds in Hollywood. Uh, yeah, I mean, if they, if they didn't put that to their members for a vote, they would be sued and ousted. Yeah, yeah, and the director, the early word coming out. This week, uh, in terms of what the directors want, the number one thing at this point that happens on an official statement um, was essentially foreign residual increases, um, saying that the DGA yeah. is putting the theory, that, which is correct, that all growth in streaming or most growth is going to be coming from globally. And we want, you know, in the next three years, and we want a greater cut of that because that's where your subscribers are going to grow. And we want to be a part of that. Right, Richard? Yeah, that's that's the so the DGA's attitude is that every, they they focus around one big issue every every time, and they have one one right. big thing, and it's it's they look they try to look at where the world is headed in the next uh, over the next three year period, and what's going to be the dominant issue, and they think that globalization is the the major the major issue, and uh, and that's that's what they're focused on, and that's you know rightly or wrongly that's not something you hear the that on on the list of the Writers Guild it's... issues that they've gone through in the in the uh, students' responses that was not on it. Well, it's uh, they do have a bit on there about foreigners. I will say, I, I looked at that okay. the WJ document again. Uh, you know, they're looking for streaming foreign residual, uh, foreign streaming residual increases. Um, you know, the, the studios did come back to them with a you know, with a reply on, on their demand. So that really seems like a math problem. And to point your, your point, Richard, you know, maybe the DGA just lets them sort that, sort that out. And they'll take whatever that was. Or conversely, Richard, if the DGA sets a deal, the writers may take very similar to whatever the director, the director may be able to lead on that in a sense if they can get that's the number one problem. But and some it, on the director's side will say that's how it actually ended in 2007. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. The, uh, the writers and directors uh, are battling for credit over who, uh, <laughs> who, the one that who had original. the definitive agreement there. Interesting, interesting. Um, so that may be a, a wrinkle that that negotiation new negotiation begins on uh, this Wednesday, May tenth. Elaine, I'm just curious just to to check off our third major guild here. SAG is also up on June thirtieth. Their their deal, SAG after same day as the directors. Um, we have not heard. I have not seen much of anything. I know uh, you were hanging out with Rob Lowe on the on the, on the straight there line there, Richard. But uh, we haven't seen too much specific being said from SAG at this point. Is that right? Uh, or am I missing something? Yeah, I mean, uh, outside of general support for the WGA, I don't think we know much about how their negotiations are going to go. But if uh, I, I, I think uh, we'll see more actors out on the streets as we did this week. So there's there's broad based support for it. I just think it's going to come down to the line of like how committed are our actors going to be if uh, if a strike is on the table for them. Yeah. No, I mean the 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 thing is about the the SAG standing behind uh the writers i mean sag can't stand behind themselves uh recently like they're, they're it's it's kind of the, the biggest mess of a union and a mess of uh, since since the merger with with astro the mess of uh 
of priorities and everything. So what what they would be striking, what they would strike over, what they want, where their lines are, it's it's uh, it's still very nebulous there. Yeah, and they have no dates for a negotiation, Richard. Is you know, there's nothing even I haven't heard of uh, proposed. You know, their their deals up as soon as the directors is, and they're not even setting a, a time to negotiate. Right, June thirtieth right. is coming up real soon. I mean, it's May for Christ's sake already. Like, you know, it seems like CinemaCom was like three years ago. For, for Even though I'm sure your, your candy is still there, Elaine. Uh, Richard, I'm, I'm not sure about yours. But uh, anyway, we'll, uh, I guess, move on. So, uh, you know, Elaine, you, you talked to Alan Stutz, uh, the lead negotiator, lead negotiator of, the, of the WGA or one of the leads uh, this week. Uh, here's one of a one of the bites she, uh, she gave you in, in the chat. And so what we're talking about is codifying the way the television business has existed for decades and provided the most profitable content this industry and world has ever seen. Um, and they just don't want to deal with them. So the phrase there, you know, codifying way the television business has existed for decades, you know, it's an interesting phrasing, uh, Right. You so know, that was in reference to the staffing minimums to add a little bit of context to what okay, she was okay. talking about in this interview. I got to talk to her for a few minutes outside of Netflix's picket line on Tuesday, uh, asking basically where talks broke down and what the priorities are at this stage. And, you know, when she was talking about codifying the way business has been done, she was referring to staffing minimums of, you know, back in the day, you look at a 22, 24 episode broadcast, uh, you know, show, there'd be an X number of writers in the room. These days you have these mini rooms. Sometimes there's just one writer. Sometimes there's one writer and some freelance writers instead of having full staff. And so that's uh, the, that's what she was talking about in particular with codifying that. Obviously, streaming has changed everything. And it's a question of whether I think things should be codified to the way they were before or just a whole new structure needs to be formed to address the ways that the business has changed the way writers work. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it kind of relates to, you know, the Richard, the the AMPTP, you know, essentially spoke this week, finally, which is really the they put a statement out, which is really the first thing that I've kind of seen definitively. Am I wrong? Did I, did I miss something or is this kind of the first that was on Thursday? They put the statement out kind of rebutting or, you know, uh, replying to the statement that WGA put out on the strike day one. So uh, I guess uh, Elaine or Richard, this is kind of a, the first from them, right? Yeah, that's the first we've heard from them. And they addressed yeah. some points, um, but, uh, you know, we don't know when they're even heading back to the negotiating tables. Right. right now, a lot of this is being battled out in the press. I mean, that's that's the only place, literally, we're, we're literally, you know, this is it. We're the, they're not talking. Uh, whatever's happening, and that's not even binding whatever's said out there anyway. But, uh, Richard, what stood out for you about this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to be seeing weeks of finger pointing over whose fault it was that that uh the talks broke down and and both sides are are blaming the other and uh neither view gets it closer to solving it so uh right so so this is what you talk about when you're not talking about uh moving forward you're looking backwards so yeah a real sticking point has become a real sticking point has become ai here which again talking to the writers it feels like ai now is what the streaming issue was back in 0708 to a lot of writers because it's on the forefront, rightly or wrongly, it's on the forefront of a lot of people's minds, even though this is technology that while fast moving will likely take a while to be implemented in a fashion where a robot is going to take over any of our jobs. Although I say that now, watch by the end of the summer, you'll have a robot <laughs> reporting for me. I don't know at the ankler who's to say, but <laughs> but but that's but that's one of the big issues that's on the forefront of a lot of writers' minds, and and you know which the AMPTP hasn't countered to, and and is making writers suspicious that they already have plans for AI. But it's but but again, I I don't see what the Writers Guild, you know, the Writers Guild position is. Someone should do something about this. This should be yeah. regulated. Like it's not, it's not saying ban it. It's not saying. I mean, it has certain restrictions, but um, I so if if the other issues get solved, I don't I don't see people staying out on the picket line over a nebulous AI. like there should be reg regulations over over AI. It's like it's it's 
certainly could become an issue. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's no, no one has lost. There's not, a, there's not been a Hollywood writer's job lost to AI yet at, at, at to date. So, um, so to the idea that they'll stay out on strike over this, uh, this thing that might happen someday in the future. Counterpoint in 2007, how many people thought that streaming was going to be the main way that we all consumed media? But streaming wasn't the that. big issue that they were talking about then. But that was, was the issue the... that got left on the table, right? I yeah, mean, look, was... I was like two when that happened, so you'll have to tell me. <laughs> you were partying in college, Lynn. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, I, was, I was approaching retirement already back then. But, uh... I, was, I was busy playing flip cups, so you'll have to <laughs> tell me what I think, happened back then. I, I think ultimately they will reach a resolution on ai that will be that will form a committee to study this jointly yeah, yeah richard i think we talked about this in the, on the first day one podcast this week and I, I'm, I'm coming around to that as well as i don't think it's a hill anybody's going to want to die on uh this time around and i don't know to your point that there's a real clear ask you know outside of i mean they want to make sure that you know, uh, you can't credit AI as a writer, but you can't, I mean, the studios responded saying we can't, you know, a person has to be credited now anyway. I couldn't credit, you know, there's some tricky language in it, which is a little whatever, but until yeah. this is egregiously abused, I hate to say it, that's until you said until a writer loses a job over this, it's hard to really, you know, it has to go to that before it comes back in three years. And then that's, that's when you discuss it, maybe, you know. Well, then I think the question is, do you really want to be reactive to something like that when you're talking about something that could be impacted? You just, you just don't know what it, you, you don't. Yeah. So the idea that AI can write scripts as good as a person without any human supervision, and you can just press a button and and you'll and you'll get the next Mission Impossible script. It and can't be... today, but also. Okay, but but how, how? But you don't. If it ever gets to that point, the world will look so different that how can you? Begin Dude, the to... world looks different now than it did five years ago. Like yes, five and, years and, ago, and when you... I was worried about a robot taking my job reporting quarterly <laughs> earnings, all that robot could do back then is just spit out the numbers, right? Of like, oh, did earnings beat, did earnings miss? Now it's like you can have a whole damn conversation with ChatGPT. Yeah, but their numbers are all wrong. The, the, the ARPU <laughs> numbers are all wrong. It doesn't know, doesn't know what ARPU means. It doesn't know what ARPU means. It hasn't, hasn't read my newsletter yet. So it's <laughs> and, and, and yes, it can write a script as my... My, right. my 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 eight year old can also write a script, uh, uh, but it's it. I haven't seen where it can write a script that uh, approaches it. And you know, you say, okay, we want a burning building. What are ways to save people from burning? I mean, we've been using Google to search for like what's the capital of South Dakota for a while. Are we gonna are we gonna this is this is a more enhanced version of that at this point. And the idea that that it it will. It will write, and no human writer will have to supervise it or, or, or review what it comes up with or, or anything. It is completely uh, speculative, and you and I, I don't know how you regulate. I mean, yeah, like if you know the alien, if if the Martian armies are running uh, Earth in in thirty years, they might have very different uh, theories about when we should, how much lunch break we need. But I, it's hard to. It's it, it's hard to uh, plan around that. Yeah, and I would say the guild or the guild, but the the talent most at risk here, the graphic designers and animators, and you know they're the ones that have to, you know th that is going to happen more before you know to Richard's point is an AI is going to knock out the next uh, Mission Impossible script. I think you know because uh, and AI, and also AI you know can't be on set doing rewrite you know you do rewrite AI rewrite this this joke sucks and it's like you know it's not this is you know I I understand it's a concern in it, but I just don't see like. You're going to have a, a thing. A, it's going to get to a point where this is still out there as a last point in the lane. They're going to stay on strike for it. You know, that I don't know that would be, the, again, the hill to die on. Yeah, I don't be, see that that being the deal breaker. That's not going to make uh, or break anything here. Yeah, but so, I, I just, I do think there's a concern I, about being reactive yes. to a new technology rather than being proactive. Although whether a collective bargaining contract is the place to right. do it is another question. <laughs> yeah, and it could change in a year. You know, it's like the, the point land, oh, wait, we didn't know about, you know, like it's a three-year deal. Like, you know, we didn't put yourself three years ago. It's, you know, so even what they put in now may not apply to something in a year and a half. You know, there's the danger of that too, to, to put out there but uh i do want to just you know so anything else on the on the amptp the 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 document i mean look the main thing was the writers rooms they came out basically just saying you're asking for a quota we're not going to do quotas full stop and there was nothing that's the biggest thing to me that stood out and that's what's going to take i don't know uh richard did that what did what did you I mean, what's your takeaway from that language 
Yeah, it's and you know with 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 the showrunner portion of the Writers Guild, this is this this is not a universally beloved uh, 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 thing that they're they're fighting for. That there's a lot of showrunners who are uh, not 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 thrilled with the fact that this is the major issue that they're that that they're fighting over one of the major issues. So um, it's it it. it so it's it's hard to see uh, it's hard to see that that this becomes the issue that they go down the line for. I mean the, the the thing that could break the strike on that that could break the writer's side is if the showrunners break off, and showrunners say, you know what, we're going to work as producers and we're going we're going FICOR. and that seems uh, unlikely though. Why is it unlikely? Why is it likely, Richard? Because they as I because they're. <laughs> People that going to stay out on strike because so that you can so that because the guild wants to mandate how many people I have to hire is not a uh, is is not popular with everybody and um, and losing and for the for the uh, when we were talking about raising uh, raising rates across the board that was a broadly popular. Uh, popular thing that I think you had, you had huge buy it. This this one is about not saying there's a not saying it's a majority against it, but I think it's much more controversial uh with with the uh with the, I, I have talked to many showrunners who are not thrilled at all about that about about that uh provision. So if that becomes the major thing they are staying out out about uh I think they're gonna have problems with their membership. Counterpoint, I do think the staffing minimum speaks to the way that folks want to, including showrunners, want to codify the creative process and the pipeline when we're talking about professional development, because this is another issue that comes up a lot when I talk to showrunners of just this problem of you have writers in a room who then have never been on set, who don't know how to become good showrunners. And if you're not structuring your writer's room in a certain way to really encourage their professional development, how are they going to become good showrunners when you retire as a showrunner? Yeah, I guess it's a matter of whether that needs to be codified. I mean, you know, to an extent, a showrunner can, I mean, look, look showrunners are a big term. There are Ryan Murphy's and then there are other people who are running shows. You know, Ryan Murphy can if he wants to Ryan Murphy wants to do something, I'm sure Netflix will say, here you go. I don't know that it'd be like, you know, if he says I want six writers, they're not gonna go, ah, sorry, Ryan, we're gonna give you two. Yeah, we're giving you three hundred million dollars, but you know, you don't get the writers. And you know, so there is that level of it, but it's you know, it's just that codification that gets, you know, a little tricky because again, the the business model of television has changed. You're not getting, you know, do you need I mean, the Writers Guild is essentially saying you need six writers to write six episodes of television. Well, they're also feeling the squeeze, right? Like they're feeling. Oh, yeah, I get it. I mean, where they can. And one thing that came out of that shrine meeting that was new information to a lot of the writers who attended was that apparently the studios had collectively, according to the Guild, mm-hmm. uh, had collectively suggested the idea of this unpaid shadowing program. Because right now, or traditionally, if you're a writer and you've written an episode, you would have gone to set when your when your episode was in production, right? To be there for right. rights or 100%, whatever. Hundred percent. percent. And so that's a decreasing. That's that's yes. less a part of the job than it used to be. And apparently, the studios were like, "Okay, what if like we created a lottery where <laughs> you 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 get to pick a writer out of a hat, and then that <laughs> that that guy or gal gets to go to set unpaid." Right. Uh, Right. Lucky for the privilege of 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 being on set is is, yeah. is how it was expressed to me. Uh, yeah. No, I, I yeah, I think that is important. I think that yeah, the, the production sense. You're right. Having people stay on through that, I think it's more in the initial phases of writing that gets a little bit of, you know, putting you know putting quotas in is a tough thing because it's a creative process, and you're getting. I mean, but I'm just saying that that's where I think the urge to put in quotas comes from. But right? there, there, there are right there there are actually laws on on feather bedding, aren't there? 
Oh, I don't, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, unpaid work. Above, I mean, above, retro, above yeah. my, above my then, pay, yeah, I would imagine, yes, unpaid work would be you can't ask someone to show up and if you're not paying them, you know, because that's work. You're going to day where you're going, going on set. And that's, and that's where, look, and this is the first offer from the WGA. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it's like, here's, here's our ask. And I think you're right, Elaine, that the protections, you know, for the, that kind of stuff probably does need to be, you know, codified more because it's at zero right now. But telling someone how many writers they have to hire for any show in, in existence is also a tough. To Richard's point, you know, if Taylor Sheridan's writing on all eight episodes, and you got to tell him. I mean, look, it may be great. He hey, he can give six writer jobs to his friends, but then you get that stereotype of six people in a room doing nothing, getting paid, and you know, it's like yeah, that's a very uh, thing, a dangerous area to go into. Yeah, I'm just so. to say that that's the solution, but that's where I'm saying that's just where the impetus I think comes from. Oh, totally. Yes, right. I'm saying that. This, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the, but is that is that the answer of the you know? Well, you need to have six writers for every show. Well, I don't know that that's you know, and the studio saying so I'll, we're I'll not quote doing that. This, I mean, one what one show writer runner said to me on on this was uh, was I I can't believe that any. Uh, writer would want to be in a room where he's not wanted. Mm. Yeah, could be. That's uh, that's uh, you know, that's a tough thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not saying the writer wrong on this. I'm not no, saying, I'm not. I, I, I agree, I, Richard. Just, you know, it's just, just a saying, tough... yeah, but genuinely controversial within with, with within the uh the the showrunner uh bracket. So. Yeah, yeah, and that is the, that was the main issue that was you know with the w of all the list of that they put out you know um that they put out there so uh more to come on that hard to see uh, you know i'll get into this another time but you know just what what gets somebody back to the table richard and i don't know that's a while to me so i guess i should be talking about this so you, you well you before the strike you had a bit of a strike meter going on in terms of the length of the strike and so what when do you, you know, is there a gist of, that you have when they would come back to the table and what even might mitigate that at this point I mean the 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 kind of the the, the strike meter is now sort of just the, the the kind of median prediction, which is right. sort of two and a, which I, I was putting at ten weeks as uh, the median. I, I I can't. I'm not. I'm no longer uh, off taking bets on whether that is right or wrong. So okay. it's uh, you know, in, uh, I I I don't I don't think it's impossible that that uh, in three weeks the studios. Uh, see this, realize like, okay, this is this is a long a long road, and we don't want to do this anymore, and get it together, or 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 have a or take a, take a walk with Ted Sarandos or whatever it takes, and and come back with a uh, more vigorous offer, and that that it ends relatively quickly. Um, and I also don't think it's impossible that both sides just try to wait each other out and grind each other down, yeah. uh, and it goes on into the fall. So, uh, yeah. What's what's more likely? Um, I, I I couldn't say at this point. No, no feeling there. Okay. Um, so Lane, what's what's ahead for the the week? You know, the week ahead here. Anything uh, on your radar for coverage over at Strike Geist or in general? Or uh, the upfronts are still another week away uh, here in New York City. But which means next up? week I'll be on more picket lines All talking right. to writers and showrunners and also trying to figure out how this impacts everybody and you know it's not just the writers that this impact this is impacted obviously because all these that are all these support staffers who are now out of a job yes. as these writers rooms have shut down and emergency funds have been set up for them uh i think there's a there's an entertainment community fund and uh you know there's the, there's going to be a huge ripple effect of the coming weeks uh when you see how it really impacts people's personal finances yeah and the late night shows you know too i mean nbc is covering through uh, a week from today next friday and jimmy fallon and, and seth Meyers are covering through the i guess the 20 25 20th or 21st whatever that friday is and that's you know that's it and you know these play these shows and you know employ you know a lot of a lot of people uh between kimmel uh seth and, and jimmy and uh well corden's already done but uh so and daily show and things like that so certainly a lot of people who are out of a job you know definitely uh right now so more to come, but again, you can follow it all. Uh, Richard will be discussing, of course, uh, in the Ankler and at Strike Geist. Again, sign up for that at strikegeist.com. Um, I do a little roundup, a uh, free part of the uh, the Wake Up newsletter as well, just about developments and a lot of few shows shutting down uh, already. Uh, Hacks is uh, shut down for season three. They were kind of sound like pretty far along, but they were done. Um, uh, Rob Lowe show with the Sun. Uh, I forget the name of. Uh, they you know, were close to production. They're shutting down. So a few things are not, you know, a little bit of effect on that. We're already seeing already here in week one. 
Um, looking ahead here, Elaine, do you have your, your outfit picked out for the weekend? It's a big weekend. What's happening this weekend? Queen Charlotte. <laughs> oh. North, North Richardson. Uh, yeah, I'll toss on my Regency dress for that. Yeah, I'll yeah, do it. Yeah, come on. <laughs> get in the spirit here. I thought, you know. I mean, I have a friend who literally made me a Regency era dress for when I went to the Bridgerton Ball last year. So um, I mean, when am I? When else am I going to wear it? It'd be an insult uh, no, not to. <laughs> I've heard good things about Queen Charlotte. I thought you were going to ask me about Super Mario Brothers again. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up that that one's done I've already I've acquiesced I think they're doing our... okay without me is what I'll say <laughs> our, our, our campaign was unsuccessful and so I'm are your children to... uh, are your children saying uh, mommy why are we the only people uh, <laughs> who How could are you allowed to see Mario Brothers I'll let them take it to their therapist 20 years from now <laughs> what's uh, what's the over under on uh on uh guardians guardians yes so you are well you're a thumbs up on this right richard you were yeah were, yeah okay uh uh i mean it's i'm saying 115 is probably if you're give me a, a pure over under the kind of numbers are going either or um I did my poll in the, in the wake up newsletter yesterday most were putting it over 120 uh for the weekend so a lot, a lot of optimists out there or people who think the the tracking's running a little low so that would be uh Ant-Man was I think 106 for the three day back in, in February. So that's kind of the comp. The Doctor Strange did like one. Ant-Man was 106. Guard one. That feel, that feels low then for Guardians to me. Okay, yeah, and well, uh, then Doctor Strange was about uh, I think it was about 140 last. That that opened up last summer. So, but this is not tracking near that. And that one had a lot more. I think. Crossing universes, or I don't know nothing about any of this stuff. So, uh, but it seemed like plot plot wise, it had a little more, little more juice. So we say, Elaine, will you go see Guardians? Will this get you out of the house at least? How about that? Yeah. Ah, I'll man. wait for it to come on streaming. All right. How about Celine Dion? We want to see Love Again. How about that? No. No. Wait, Sony's <laughs> Sony's not having a tough run here. Uh, I mean, the, the Pope's exorcist did well internationally and, you know, that was good, but, uh, you know, this, this is, uh, Sam Hewen, uh, uh, Priyanka Chopper, uh, Jonas, sorry, my apologies for the name, uh, kind of rom-com, I believe. So with Celine Dion in a cameo ish role. So, um, we shall see what that does this weekend. Uh, that tracking is a, a little under, a little under 120 million in Richard. So, uh, won't, won't quite be making that much. When does but, Book Club uh, 2 come out? That's the only That thing. is next week. Oh, is that okay, what you're going to go great. see? Is that what it is? My mother Wow. Has... <laughs> That's Sony. Sony has you on board for that. All right, maybe not Love Again. No, but they're, they're my mom focus. texted That's me focus. and I'm she sorry. said, oh, Book Club 2 is coming out. And I said, all right, I guess I got to take mom to see Book Club 2. There we go. Listen, that's <laughs> older people going back to the movies. It's always, yeah, uh, they don't go anywhere. It's on there. People love going. I'm telling you, it's out there. Uh, that's some focus uh, next uh, next Friday. So buy, buy your tickets uh, you know, in advance now. And I'm sure they'll... Make sure you get a good seat for mom. You know, don't be too far from the screen. <laughs> pay, pay, pay the extra vig for the uh, the center seating, and don't go don't go cheap on the. Uh... <laughs> get cheap on mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, I'll be wrapping up all of the uh, Guardians and Love Again action uh, in the Wake Up newsletter on Monday, of course, which you can uh, get as part of your subscription over at theankler.com. And uh, remember, if you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, uh, tell your friends, tell people on a strike line, you know, wherever you want to be your barista, whatever you got, uh, and subscribe to your to the podcast and your uh, podcast listening app of choice. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you next week.